This is, I mean, this is a pretty good, I don't know, analogy, metaphor. I don't know what you want to call it for what it's like to be anywhere near me. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 139 of Sapnin Podcast with myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan the Organ Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. And you know what? Oh, no, no, no. Let's get fucked up and die. Oh, all right, yeah, no, I'm up for that. No, I'm up for that. Yeah, well, everything is all right on this episode because we're about to hear from a life less ordinary. No, yeah, but go back to the first. I'm up for the first bit. Get fucked up and die. Um, yes, um, if you didn't guess from Morgan's terrible puns, and sometimes I wonder, why would you? Uh, this week's guest is founder and frontman and all-round legend, Justin Courtney Pierre of Motion City Soundtrack. Yes, and honestly, this is a guy I've always wanted to sit down and have a proper conversation with. Justin Pierre has written some of alternative pop punk, emo, whatever you want to call it, biggest anthems over the last two decades. Motion City's impact on kids like me within this scene is uncanny. And even though Justin has always been someone dabbling with projects like music, art and films, 2021 has seen him release not one, but two Inu solo EPs in an anthropologist on Mars that came out in March and The Price of Salt that was dropped earlier this month. So obviously we're going to get into all of that and some new mystery sessions he's been working on recently, spending the pandemic recovering from a severe surgery Motion City Soundtrack's new look on life since their hiatus and everything from therapy, alcohol, drugs, Transformers, Wu-Tang Clang and we even look back at some of their most iconic records and being produced by the one and only Mark Hoppus of Blink-182 who we send our love to who's recovering yes, from do. his battle against cancer at the moment. Come on Mark, we're going to fucking get through this. He's a fucking legend, um, and this chat with Justin was fucking amazing. It was really good. I was a bit nervous at first because I just thought, oh, you know, maybe we'll just talk about records and stuff like that. But yeah, we got quite deep into it, and um, yeah, it was a, a really, really awesome, inspiring chat. Yeah, and um, 
Yeah, there's a bit where we talk about um, we'd both done the same painkiller, and I realised <laughs> I was talk- I've, I realised now I was talking about the wrong one. Ah, I, feel- I was talking about pre-gabbling, and he was talking about gabapentin or something like that. They both got gab in them. <laughs> that's, that's that's just a little <laughs> just a little uh, a little edit there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, what a lovely lovely chat. What a brilliant human. And congratulations to him on everything so far and how far he's come and what he's managed to achieve and getting through, beating his demons, in mm. fact. So, yeah, it was awesome to hear and, um, yeah, speak to him. Yeah, we've really hit it off with him literally from the word go. We could have ended up talking to Justin for absolute hours and you're going to have some different emotions on this episode from laugh out loud hysterics to really deep moments and everything in between. It's probably one of my favourite podcasts we've done to date. It's definitely Ooh. up there. It's definitely up yes. there. Yes. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it very, very much. Well, yeah, we nearly, after we finished recording, we nearly... Um, sorted out doing a podcast just watching Transformers <laughs> the movie in 1986 so um, there we are. from 1986 uh, yeah so yeah this is a fantastic chat um, I'm super super grateful for Justin for coming on and uh, yeah I think you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it um, if you do enjoy it please follow us on our socials that's at Sappening Pod on Twitter and Instagram that's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D Sappening Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to support the Vest Boys, because that's what we call today, because <laughs> cu- currently me and Morgan are both doing this wearing vests. It's boiling here in the UK. It's absolutely sweating hot, and we are actually got our guns out for the podcast. You can't see it, because this is a podcast. Guns! But our arms are... Well, they don't... They can't see... guns. They can't they see like how noodles. muscular we are, Sean. So if we tell them well, that we're madly we muscular... <laughs> Tell you what you can do. We are going to take a picture of us after this oh, and we will put it on patreon.com forward slash sapnin. If you'd like to support the podcast or you enjoy the podcast or um, you're a, a billionaire who's considering going to space for no reason for a couple of seconds <laughs> and you've got money to fucking burn, check out patreon.com forward slash sapnin. There's loads of uh, other content that we've done behind the scenes stuff, uh, photography. Uh, videos uh, and yeah there's a whole array of stuff there check it out and become part of our patreon community today that's patreon.com forward slash sapnin yes the community is one of our favorite things we mention it on the podcast regularly but it's literally something we're extremely proud of and helps us make these podcasts each and every week but let's shut up let's stop rambling because we have an actual music icon in Justin Courtney Pierre of Motion City Soundtrack right here on Sapnin Podcast, episode 139. Yeah, Sapnin! Sapnin! Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sapnin! Sapnin! Sapnin. <laughs> Sorry, that was, that was a timid statement, not a question, because this is happening. Oh, <laughs> I like yeah. it. Yeah. I like it. I just wasn't sure if it was my turn. <laughs> I didn't want to be presumptuous. It's a whole thing. No, that's, that's genius. Yeah, this week's, um, this week's guest is singer, songwriter, and all-round legend Justin Pierre of Motion City Soundtrack and solo fame as well now. <laughs> so that's amazing. But yeah, how are you? I am I'm pretty good. I just finished up a project uh, two days ago, and I got to sleep more than three hours for the first time in a couple of weeks. Oh, wow. And um, I am now contributing to the family daily ins and outs. So I think that uh, people aren't as mad at me anymore. Um, for missing thing, I miss my daughter riding a bike. By the way, oh, she just oh, no. figured it out, and it was and it. I mean, like I'm not. We've been working at it, but my wife is just. Uh, she's just kicked so much ass, and she made it happen. And then it was so great to be able to go out and like see her fiddle with the pedal and like get on it and like without training wheels and sort it all out finally. And I asked her what it tasted like, and she yelled, "Freedom!" See you losers again. No, but we appreciate you taking the time, man. I know you're very busy. If it's making music or the family and everything like that, but how has this last year been for you in all the madness? I know you've had a lot of personal struggles and surgery and everything you've had to kind of cope with. I'm sure it's just been a, a strange time in retrospect. Yeah, that, I mean, like, I really, compared to some people, I mean, fuck, I'm alive, so <laughs> I, I'm great. Yeah. I fared very well. Uh, I just happened to fucked up my back. I think of all of the people within close proximity, my wife is the one who took the brunt of last year in terms of having to work a full-time job, take care of a toddler, and take care of me. And, yeah, and, like, I had no income coming in, so I'm just fucking around with art. And she's doing all the work. And so, yeah, she's the MVP for the year. Pretty much the life, I'd say. Uh, but I'm hoping to turn that around a little bit. But she is also very wonderful in terms of knowing that I need to make art or just mm. like tell stories. Get It's just how I process. And uh, she was the one who even informed me that that is what I've been doing for 20-some years, which I didn't realize. But now it makes total sense. I'm very slow on the uptake and 
Uh, yeah, but other than that, it's like last year was miserable uh, from a pain threshold point of view, but, um, and then just like paranoia, fear, I, t- I, t- I tend to, you know, we locked it down pretty hardcore and, and, and I, I'm already a, a, a nervous, anxious human. I don't know if you can tell. And, and so, yeah, that, that was a little weird. And I feel like I fucked up my kid cause she did distance learning and, you know, just was not around people for a while. And then I realized, Oh shit, you can be around people. You just have to be slightly careful about it. Cause we both have asthma and we were told to like really lock it down in the beginning. And then we were told actually you're, you're going to be fine because you take this one steroid that uh, is, uh, it's makes it, if you get sick, you'll probably be okay because you have the steroid that's in your body. I don't know. Anyway, it's a whole thing. So last year was crazy, but I, I feel very fortunate that I was able to get spine surgery and not get sick. And like, I have these privileges that a lot of people don't. And so I can't, fucking complain i mean shit i can walk yeah yeah i'm good yeah that's awesome Um, yeah no it's lovely to hear especially like recovering from that and just just to ask i mean is is everything good now post-surgery over this last year is they feeling much better with stuff or yeah it was like 10 years of off and on pain that is now gone it is now like about 90 percent, 85 to 90 percent better i still get these electrical kind of zings down one side of my body but i i was on this one medication called gabapentin which i've heard is pretty gnarly i tried to get off of it because i was feeling better and then it just like electric electricity in my body it sucked so i've i basically gotten down to half of the dose i was normally taking i don't know if we want to talk about pharmaceuticals <laughs> uh, yeah no you can't so yeah, yeah yeah it just basically blocks your from what i understand it blocks your body from feeling the pain so it's still there or it i don't know pain is a weird thing but it's like you've got electrical things that are like you know messing with your body and it just stops you from feeling that and i've gotten down to half of the dose and so i'm slow i'm you know i want to get off of it um and that's the that's the goal so uh yeah but my daughter would take me for walks around the kitchen like we've got like a from the kitchen to the living room to like this little other room and we would just walk in circles and then eventually i got to walk down outside and around the block and so last year she was sort of like my i'd hold her hand and i'd take these little tiny steps and yeah and without her i don't know if i would have she's like a little nurse yeah 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 it's great <laughs> yeah that's awesome but yeah yeah mm. glad that you you're uh you're feeling better and yeah i um yeah i had a back injury that i had um i ended up taking gabapentin on and yeah it was nuts it was nuts yeah i just felt yeah did you did, how long were you on that i think i was on it two weeks and then i think i realized i was like oh i can't like this this could go real bad like i could i could be eating these but a handful like it was getting to the point where i was like this fe- I feel a little bit drunk. This feels a bit. Ooh. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't feel like any effects from the drug, and maybe mm. I've just done so many drugs in my life that I don't <laughs> feel it. All I feel is an as a um, uh, a lack of the pain. Uh, yeah. But it doesn't like I, as far as I understand, it's not like you know, it's not like uh, Vicodin or any of that stuff. It's more of like a it treats the the area, not the brain. But yeah, well, I don't know. And I, I know different people react differently to things. But, you know, based on my drug intake over the years, I'm kind of like a, I think I would 
this is this is not a brag this is an embarrassment <laughs> but like i would you know william s burroughs comes to mind keith richards comes to mind um i feel like my body's been sort of like like a, um what's it called when you i've been like embalmed already okay. so there's like nothing affects me you know? yeah. that's why i can eat anything and my stomach is just like i can take it wow uh, it's like the, the scene out of wayne's will too when del preston says keith richards can't be harmed by conventional weapons anymore that's that's how you, like, you can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't be stopped yeah you can't uh, be stopped i cannot be stopped but i should be yeah i had i had kind of a ooh kind of feeling with it and um I found what I would do is I would like I'm a I'm a, a habitual nail biter anyway. Mm. But I would get like till the point he was bleeding, and because I couldn't feel Ooh. pain, I was oh. just I would carry on doing it. And then when yeah. I came, like yeah. when I came off it or I was coming down from it, I was like, "Oh, you shit it! Like I can't believe I've done this." <laughs> and it would be fucking oh, dreadful. But yeah, um, I'm wow. glad, yeah, I'm yeah. glad to hear that you're coming off it as yeah. well. So yeah, yeah. <sighs> that was a. Look that, at Morgan. Morgan's <laughs> never done a drink or drug in his life. Yeah, by the way, I've never, yeah. I've never done anything. So this is, uh, this is a very deep start, but fucking love it. Uh, but no, man, it's it's nice to see that you're just getting back on your feet and being able to be so creative these last few months as well. Obviously, we'll be talking about the new solo EPs and music. But since you've mentioned you've already been doing another project, can you tell us anything mm. about this current work you've been on at the moment? Well, Josh Kane and I have been recording music together. Mm. So I'll let people figure out what that might mean <laughs> on their own. If you want to start rumors, that's great. Uh, you know, it's called it's a new project called Salad Boys. Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> I've seen the Twitch. Uh, yeah, I saw the Twitch thing. No, but we, we would literally go on because Josh has got a Twitch. It's uh, it's Judy, I-T-S-C-H-E-W-D-Y. So I, I don't really understand Twitch, but... But but he plays video games and he's really good at it and he like plays guitar and talks to people and answers questions and it's it's I haven't actually seen his show because I'm a horrible friend uh, but he also goes on like after I've already put the kid to bed and I'm like passed out and so uh, but we would go on his channel every time we'd have lunch and we'd always eat chicken Caesar salads from Pete Luce so we started calling the show Salad Boys and I'm like I'm pretty I just I feel like this has got to be some sort of weird sex thing like that we don't know about this term. <laughs> Um, maybe we shouldn't refer to ourselves as salad boys, but we would do that. It was really fun. And then like, we started playing songs and things from like that. We'd never released to people who would show up and we started just like answering questions and it was really fun. So I, I think he and I might start doing that on the weekly. Oh, nice. Um, I know I didn't answer your question, but that, <laughs> that was more about like what I remember from the last couple of weeks. Hey, okay. you know, okay. that's what uh, good, yeah. Yeah, let's just say there's there is more music to come in some form, but what form that will take, I'm going to omit for now, uh, and let people's minds just go wherever they will because I'm a uh, fucking jerk that way. How about that? Well, it's just very interesting, you know, yeah. to not answer everything. Oh yeah, no, precisely. I just like the fact that there's going to be Motion City fans listening to this going, "Oh, what does he mean though? What does he mean?" So. I'm sure. I'm sure it piqued people's interest. But yeah, let's talk about these new solo EPs because um, I do believe you spent a lot of time behind the scenes working on these songs. Originally going to be for a second solo record, but because of the world going to shit, you've had to reimagine those ideas um, a little bit. Was it a kind of weird process to step away from the idea of an album and then put out separate EPs and work that way? Yes. 
uh, only because I'm very, uh, I do not come to change quickly. It is very hard for me to, like once I have like a, a I don't want to use the word vision, but like a, an idea and it excites me. It's like, I want to make that thing happen. And, uh, and I believe when I was working with Brett Gurowitz, even like once the song, the songs weren't even mixed. And I think Brett said, you know what, you should just put this out as an EP. And I was like, no, like, I know that you run the label and you're like the man and your ideas are great, (laughs) but I have a vision and I want to do this thing. Cause I've been working towards this idea of like a Tom Waitsian, you know, hire this person to play bass and this person to play drums and this person to uh, play guitar. And then like on these tracks, get this person and that person. And I wanted to put together this weird, like album of all sorts of different people playing on stuff. And I'm, you know, I, I'm not Tom Waits and I can't afford to like take my time in that way. Yeah. I have no idea how he does things, but <laughs> um, I, I could do like a couple songs with this band and then go over to Chicago and do a couple songs with this band, go over to New York and do a couple songs with this band. That's what I wanted to do. And it just, it, you know, it obviously didn't happen. And then after the spine surgery and all that stuff, like sometime in the middle of last year, several months after we'd had it mixed and ready to go, I, I came around to Brett's idea and I'm like, okay, you know, when you said that we should put it out as an EP, maybe we should put that out as an EP. <laughs> and it just takes me a long time to, to like adapt. I was talking to somebody else recently. I don't know if it was today. I'm usually like 10 years behind everything. So whatever's going, like what's 2021, 2011, what was going on in 2011, 2012? Like technologically, I'm still stuck yeah. in the 80s. I'm trying yeah. to figure yeah. out this whole internet thing. Wait till you uh, find out about yeah. mini, yeah, wait till you find <laughs> out about mini discs. Oh, <laughs> mini discs in the future. Wait, are, the discs are, they like, are small, yeah. Yeah, like, discs- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like CDs, but for some reason they've oh, got to man. come in their own Dude. little plastic. Dude, technology <laughs> will never improve from there. Oh, I bought I bought a mini display of my car once. I paid like yeah. four hundred pounds, which is probably like six hundred dollars for this. I was like, I gotta get this now. I know they haven't brought a single album out on mini disc yet, oh. but I'm telling you, this is the fucking future. $600, yes. I had four I had four that I made, four mini discs I made myself, and then I had to get rid of it. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. I did that with, you know, like VHS uh, films. So there were the, the regular movies, and then there was the special edition VHS, the double VHS. Uh, and then after that, you know, like DVD, I had to buy everything, and then the Blu-ray, I had to buy everything. And so I just fucking stopped. I'm like, you know, at this point, everything, for the most part, is online, and you can either buy it or rent it. Yeah. You know, I've got Criterion Collection channel, so I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm good on the arts, and then I've got a few other channels, so... Uh, but God, it was. My worry is that the internet's just gonna disappear one day, though, <laughs> and then everything I've ever put online is just fucking gone. Well, okay, I've got two thoughts about that. One, if that happens, that's the least of your worries because that probably means society is like, you know, we're like Walking Dead, yeah, you know, um, or some sort of apocalyptic kind of thing. True. I mean, shit, we're heading that way, <laughs> uh, climate-wise, but the. Um, uh, what was the other thing? The other thing is that nothing matters. And in a hundred years from now, no one's going to know who any of us are. So, you know, I think like, it, 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 I find that freeing in a way that, you know, it, uh, 
I, I don't really know how to articulate this, but if you think of like Mozart or something, like how many other Mozarts were there around at the same time that just didn't have the PR that Mozart did, right? <laughs> yeah. That were probably better or more interesting. And and so if you think about the uh, the 1900s, like are you gonna, like is it going to be the Beatles and like you know Beyonce? Like <laughs> like like what are the like that's what this era was about? Like who knows? I just wanted to show people in the future who call me a liar when I say, oh, I did these awesome things. And they're like, oh, oh did yeah, you yeah, fucking yeah. full of shit? And I'm like, oh, is it? You as you too, Ben. Look at that. Yeah, I did. Yeah. But if that's gone, I'm just like, oh, I've got no photos of nothing. Well, by then, anyone's going to be able to create a fake version of that that looks real enough anyway. So, wow, you can't, I mean, yeah. like, but now I feel like we're reaching that point where, like, we can't even tell what the truth is now because video used to be proof. Yeah, that's like, true. Holy you, shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't want to go down that, like, you know, I'm not like a conspiracy theorist, but I'm just sort of like fearful of like, wait, I, I barely trust anything because I'm just a weirdo. And like, now I'm like, wait, all the things that used to, that I used to rely on for like so-called proof. It's like, holy shit. Like I saw the thing happen, but people are saying it didn't happen. What the fuck? You know? Yeah. Um, Anyway. Good point that is. I see what you mean. I could deep I could deep fake my face onto other people's videos. Good thinking, Justin. <laughs> I will be doing that in the future. If you learn how to if you learn how to do that, can you just make sure to deep fake my face onto a much like younger <laughs> and, and stronger body? Because that's that's been the hard part for the past ten years. <laughs> I'll, see, uh. I'll see what I can do. I can see what I can do. But yeah, I can go around telling people I was the original singer for Faith No More. Like, hey, oh, yeah. look, it was me, me then, Mosley then, then Patton. Like, yeah. Ah, Here's the yeah. deep fake. Fuck, That's yeah. a good idea. I, I love, write that down. I love how deep this has gotten already. This is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> but yeah. But, no, but, but speaking of the solo EPs as well, I mean, obviously having to reimagine the way you've perceived this record and how people are consuming it, I'm sure must have been a thing in, in itself because just imagery-wise, it seems that there can be a, a big opposite between the two EPs so far. Was anything like that vocal in your mindset, trying to release it to think, well, maybe I should approach EPs a different way so people can like really see different sides to your music? It was more in, it's, it all started from the collection of the songs themselves. I tried to group them in ways that I thought were similar music-wise. And then while writing the lyrics, trying to find, like, a lot of what I do or what I've done has all been intuitive. And I only just started really realizing that recently, I thought that I used to be intuitive and then was very non-intuitive but it turns out i've always been intuitive i just was like caught up in a thing and didn't realize it and i'd say maybe i have therapy to thank for that i think which i've been doing since 2016 and just sort of like figuring out it's hard to say but how to like be in one's body not to get like too dark and it's not even that i don't think it's a horrible thing but i dissociate to an insane level not like insane, insane, but like to a degree, I shouldn't use that word, but to a degree that is a bit more profound or not profound, a bit more uh, exaggerated than most to the point where I would have the same argument with my wife over and over again. And it felt like memento. She would like say, we've already talked about this. And I'm like, what? You know, maybe it comes from some sort of childhood trauma. I don't know. But whenever there's an argument, I tend to disappear. And so I forget why I'm talking about this again, but... <laughs> Uh, 
uh, the therapy had, oh yeah, the therapy had taught me to like, you know, focus on being present and in your body and feeling things, feeling. So it's all about feeling. And I, I know I have feelings, but I'm, I'm a bit detached from the feelings. And so I think through music, it's been a way for me to make sense of them. And now that I am able to feel things in the present instead of just retroactively, I think that has allowed me to realize that the true intuitive nature of what I've been doing. And so with this project that is got a big question mark behind it because it started out as one thing and then it's become another. And then like, where will it go? Is it going to continue? Will it end? Um, I'm not really answering any of those questions for myself because I don't know. And it, it's just sort of unfolding more so. But I will say that the two projects that are out or coming out were sort of curated based on what the music was doing, how I was singing, who I envisioned playing on it, producing it. But even some of those things changed as it went along. And so it's, it's been really fascinating to just kind of see the, the stuff unfold as it's happening and, and using like the pandemic to our advantage with this second one, my friend Thomas Rabine produced it and we, the bass player, Alex, and I were in separate cars outside of the studio running cable through the windows, playing live with the drummer in the studio. What? And we, and, and we even zoomed in a guitarist from Ohio to drone in the key since it was off time. And then we would just shift it. And some of it was usable, but most of it wasn't. But it was still fun to like, that was a thing that happened that we wouldn't have done. There would have been no reason to do it. And then, and then like, you know, the first EP was all like four guys in a room live. The second EP was just edited together with like, you know, Joe Camerlengo is this amazing musician from Ohio. And he, um, he's like the Robert Pollard, uh, hold on, how would I describe him? He's like Robert Pollard meets uh, Daniel Johnston meets Bob Dylan. Um, and he's, he's a genius and he's a fucking lunatic in the best way. And he sent like no less than 20 some tracks of guitar per song. And Tommy had to sift through them and figure out which things he liked. And like, even like cut them up, smash them together. Like, we did so many weird things that we wouldn't normally do for this EP. So it's, it's been fun figuring it out as we go along hmm. and that and so it's hard to answer any questions yeah. around it because i don't know that i know what i'm, do what I'm doing <laughs> in a way that's like truly it hasn't been that way since the beginning yeah. of making music so it's been really fun to get to this point where i'm just trusting instinct you seem really excited by that you seem really yeah, really jazzed up by it, by it being brand, <laughs> by it being brand new, and um, yeah, it's such a it's such a good thing to see, definitely because the amount of people we speak to on this and when we're talking to them about new stuff, especially like um, yourself, where you've been in a band for you know years and years, we get a lot of people who you can you can tell that they're just running through the motions, but you can see in their face that they're just like yeah, so this new EP. Yeah, I did it really, you know, I did it. And then, but you can tell, but with you, I, I genuinely get a feeling of that that was new and exciting. And is, is that how you potentially will record moving on, trying new things like that and trying crazy techniques? That's the idea. I mean, and I'm not even that, you know, I listen to some stuff and I'm like, why do they get it to sound like this? This is so great. Because I'm not really a tech person at all. 
I I feel like ideas are where I'm best and then finishing the demos like that's like maybe second best and then recording is number three and then performing is at the bottom. That's just kind of how I see myself. I have no idea if that's an accurate representation or not, but I really get excited by the concept more than anything. And then, and then it almost becomes like plugging, like, like putting together a jigsaw puzzle, but then the pieces keep changing their shapes and then you have to figure that out. And sometimes even like, especially with lyrics, writing stuff and not knowing what it means, but knowing that it's right. And then trying to figure out why it's right and how it can make sense. And then sometimes you have to change the words and shift things around. And, and then even like years later, you can go, oh, shit, I thought it was about this thing over here, but it's actually about this thing right here. Um, that's been wild. And I guess being open to not having anything be set in stone in perpetuity I think allows for a more fluid experience of the art you make and the art you enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be my, my idea. <laughs> no, but it's just but nice. My, to, wait, yeah. But it's just nice to see you trying new things after all this time and doing it for as long as you have. But I want to go back on something you just touched on there with the therapy and saying that it really let you um, be focused on living in the moment and everything. And, do you think with Motion City soundtrack, especially with how much you guys toured over the years and everything was non-stop, that you didn't really get a chance to appreciate things like that of living in the moment and being able to see what was going on day to day? Because I, I'm sure it was just looking back on a lot of things over the last two decades is a blur. Yes, I would say that um, I'm going to answer this in a roundabout way because <laughs> I'm wearing this hat leading audio uh i don't know if you've seen that film but it's a documentary about the matches you, i don't know if you remember the band the matches yeah uh but a friend of mine a director chelsea christer had spent six or seven years i think making this uh documentary and it came out at the end of last year and had been hitting all the festivals and it's just been winning awards and causing a ruckus uh what did it say it was called called bleeding audio bleeding audio cool yep and it's a documentary about the band, The Matches. And it is, it is incredible in and of itself. Like, you don't even need to know who the band is. It is so moving. And I knew about it because I was interviewed for it. And so she sent me, like, a clip of the first, like, 10, 15 minutes. And, it, like, I started crying. Um, and, and I've watched it maybe 12 times. And I did uh, – uh, there's a festival here in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, called Sound Unseen that my buddy Rich Gill puts on. And I got to interview them and talk – and I, I did, I played some songs as well. I think it's up online. You can check it out if you want to, but the, the film is incredible. And I had such a cathartic experience watching it and sort of being able to live my own, relive my own experience in a way that I never had before, because I wasn't present either from being fucked up on drugs or drunk or just, I was like so focused on like the film stuff still that I, I couldn't even enjoy the moment I was in and I was too anxious to like, yeah, I just didn't like me. So I tried to like calm my brain or whatever I was doing, you know, for whatever reason I was drinking. And, and so I didn't, I don't have any experience of the thing that like at that time when I was, you know, at the height of the thing, whatever you want to call it, like it's just gone. So being able to watch this band that worked a bajillion times harder than we ever did 
and just not make it. And they fucking should have. Like, I still think they were the pixies of their generation. They were so weird and different. And like, it was, they're such an incredible band. And Decomposer is just one of my favorite records of all time. Uh, yeah, it's it just even thinking about it, I'm getting like upset and nostalgic right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that that is that has done more for me than therapy okay. for four years. <laughs> like in terms of just being able to like have an experience because I, I wasn't present and I wasn't I wasn't there, and I got to like just let it out and just be sad and mourn the loss of something that I will never have again. And even if I did, if I was fortunate enough to have some sort of like, you know, reconnaissance, uh, I don't think it would, it would be, it just wouldn't be the same. Hmm. No, that's you fair. Know. That's fair enough. But if we can dive into Motion City soundtrack a little oh, yeah. bit, obviously you guys had a no, f- <laughs> no. Like you just said no, no. Is that word of that? Oh, look at that. Oh, there's Mitch. <laughs> no, but obviously you guys had the three-year hiatus between 2016 and 2019, and but since coming back from that as a fan, it does seem like there's this kind of new relaxed atmosphere to the band compared to <laughs> before, where you're just enjoying things and. Doing doing tours when it suits you and that there's no kind of initial pressure behind it to be this larger than life thing that maybe it was business wise before taking that time away. How would you really see it now compared to before that break? Do you think that's a fair assessment that you guys are just taking it in one step at a time now compared to it used to be? Yeah, I think it's, it's now it's more, it feels more like a summer vacation than a job. And it's not that it was a, I mean, it's a fun job, but I feel like we were like Josh kind of pointed out, like, it seemed like we were always working towards the next thing, like making it, whatever that meant. There was always a next level to try to get to. And as much as we tried, we just never did. Um, But I think in 2016, everybody going their separate ways, we all got different jobs. We all started doing different projects and things. And so now it's like, we're kind of in that world now. So there's not like, for us to do anything, it takes a lot longer to like organize schedules and to, to make things happen. So my guess is that a lot less will happen, which will then in turn for the people who like what we do, make it more special because it doesn't happen as often. And for us, it is like, it's like a little vacation. It's work, but it's, it's like, oh, wow, we get to do this. Great. And then like a couple of years might go by and then, oh, we get to do this. That's cool. It's just, it's just more, it, it brings an element of fun into the everyday, whereas before that was the everyday. And I think you start taking things for granted when you aren't present in the thing. Uh, and I do think also therapy and all that shit, like, it allowed me to be more uh, like present on stage and experience the crowd instead of like just focusing cerebrally on like, okay, hit the notes, say the words, do it right, do it right. Fuck, you fucked up. Okay, do this time, go this way. Okay, wait, how many, where are we? One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Okay, like that's been my experience for 15 years. And it's not like, I just realized like, oh, that wasn't fun for me. I was too hung up on like being perfect and doing it well so that other people would enjoy themselves. So I've, I've given over to a little bit of sloppiness in order for me to enjoy myself. Yeah. But I think they enjoy themselves more because I'm more. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's just, again, it takes me fucking 10 years to figure this shit out. <laughs> uh, 
there's that book uh girl in a band by uh kim gordon and i remember her saying something in that book about the the energy created from the crowd and the performer and i was like wait what do you mean and and, and it's like i didn't re- like i didn't realize that it was like a thing <laughs> i'm just so caught up in like doing a good job yeah that i couldn't even experience being doing the thing that I'm doing in the moment I'm doing it. And Josh would often get off stage and be like, that was a great show. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I screwed this up. I screwed that up. I screwed this up. I screwed that up. And then he'd be like, no, but the crowd was having a good time. Whereas in my mind, it's like, how well did I do equal the good show? So now it's more about just like, was everybody having fun? And if they were, then that equals a good show. Mm. But it just took me a while to come around to that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you got there. I'm definitely glad you got <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> who made the um? Who made the who made the call to get you guys back together in 2019? Uh, Rivers Cuomo called it. No, I. I meant a uh, new band, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> James Hetfield, Axl yeah. Rose, yeah, Motor yeah, City. Yeah, That's not his voice. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of what James Hetfield is like, yeah, to get back together again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ocean City family. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, was listening to, <laughs> I was listening to Kill Em All recently, um, and I didn't realize, like, how much of a punk rock band they were. Like, they started mm. out as a fucking thrasher, like, punk rock band. That album is just, like, Shitty metally punk rock, like I'm not shitty, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're mm. precise, <laughs> precise, <laughs> but, like trashy. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. it's got an attitude. It's really great. Anyway, uh, I, yeah, I can't wait to tell them. Um, yeah, we got James on after this, so we'll tell him. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Crappy, crappy punk no, rock. No. Motion, motion City soundtrack. <laughs> it says, <laughs> pass it on. You guys just be a shitty punk thrash metal band. No, uh, I'm sure he knows what I mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we did a sound wave. One of those sound waves where Metallica was on it, and they um, they were doing these parties, I think, where you could just hang out and talk to them. But like, it's like, how do you go up to Metallica and just be like, "Hey, what's up?" I give my you ticket know? away. I give my ticket away because our sound guy, our front of house guy, really wanted to meet Metallica's front of house guy, mm, and yeah. uh, it was the first day at the sound wave. They were having the barbecue, and yeah, I, well, um, okay, that was it. Yeah, I. Yeah, I give it to him. But like, I've never been a big Metallica fan anyway. But then, yeah, I just wouldn't know. Like you said, like I wouldn't know what to do there. I would just be walking around going, what am I doing amongst <laughs> these people? This doesn't make sense. So uh, I just let, I let, yeah, I let big, big Ben go instead. But yeah. To be fair, I like Matt and I in Motion City really loved Metallica. He probably liked them more than me. But for a couple of years, you know, the first, I think maybe four records, three or four records, like I was really into them. I think around the time Injustice for All came out was when I first heard them. And so like, I kind of consumed everything all at once. Hmm. Yeah. And then I, and then I, after that, I wasn't, you know, kind of went a different direction with music. Uh, cause I was like 88, 87, 88, I think somewhere around there. And, um, but yeah, I think from what I've heard, Kirk is a sweetheart and I, you know, I'd love to have talked to James Lars. Eh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He just, he just I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to trash talk anybody, but yeah, I'll get, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Lars, let's do a fight for you two. Oh, oh um, my God. No. Imagine that. That'd be good, isn't it? Um, <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, apparently James is a sweetheart. Um, yeah, because the drummer of my band is literally the biggest Metallica fan. 
And yeah, yeah, he went on to, I think Social Distortion were on that as well. And my mm. friend was watching them side the stage and James Hetfield turned up and um, the guitarist of my band, uh, the drummer from my band started crying. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, he was apparently lovely. So yeah, it's, I love it. I love hearing when yeah. people's heroes are nice to him. Have you got any, um, have you got any um, meetings that you Ooh. either regret or you thought were going oh. to be awful that ended up being good? Yeah, let's see. I got a couple. I'm trying to think of like which ones would be appropriate or not. Um, I don't you have. A I got to meet the RZA once at uh, behind. Yeah, it was at like the one of the MTV Woody Awards shows, and it was right after Coffee and Cigarettes had come out by Jim Jarmusch, and so. I remember seeing him grab a, a, a like a, a like an energy drink and like drink it, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" And then I'm like, "Oh yeah, that was a fucking movie, you idiot!" Like, that's <laughs> not who he is. But I remember when I met him, he did this thing, and it must have been like a I don't know if it was a tick or a mnemonic device or something, but he introduced himself as Bobby Digital, and then I like shook his hand, and he did this thing, and he's like, "Justin, Justin." And they, like he he repeated this thing at me, and I was like, okay. So it was just really interesting, but it was really cool to get to see him and like be in the same space as him because that guy's a fucking genius. Yeah, uh, that's nuts. Yeah, was was very warm. That, yeah, that's what I least expected, I suppose, that we've had <laughs> yeah. so far because we've had yeah. anybody but any of the Wu Tang Clan members. <laughs> say, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of this, like any horrible. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't, it, most of my, it, oddly, like, with music, I don't remember as much, but with movies and, like, movie-related things, I do, and I'm trying to remember who, oh, I know one, music, Juliana Hatfield, one of the worst um, experiences I've ever had, but I don't know if she was just having a bad day, or <laughs> if it's just, but I, I, we were recording Even If It Kills Me, in New York, Stratosphere Sound, which was run by Adam Schlesinger and Eli Janney, and Juliana Hatfield was in the B room recording at the same time. And so I went upstairs to write some lyrics because I was, I'm usually always still finishing lyrics by the time we're recording. And she was sitting at a couch, like flipping through a magazine. And then I just, you know, I sat across from her because that was, I think, the only other chair and I wanted to, like, use that table. And I remember she looked up at me with just, like, what felt like disgust, just, like, utter disgust, like, you know. But now I wonder if it was, like, just sort of, like, wait, who are you? Do I know you? Who is this? Uh... You know, like, I, I know that sometimes I meet people and I give this face. I'm like... <laughs> like what's going on so maybe that's what happened but i just remember my heart kind of sank and i was like okay and then i just uh, got up and left uh, and i was like Fuck. um so that was right who knows because i don't want to talk shit julian hatfield rips <laughs> um yeah she's spread well that, uh that- yeah there's definitely two names we weren't expecting you to say, so <laughs> definitely, yeah. No, definitely not, no. <laughs> definitely an insight. But before we got distracted, um, can you okay. answer who who got the who made the call to uh, get Motion City back together to do some shows? Oh god, um, oh god, that was like 15 minutes ago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it. Uh, honestly, it's not that exciting, but I think it came through our manager. Oh, okay. 
in by way of a, a venue. I think it might have been the House of Blues wanted to know if we wanted to play New Year's Eve. And we were like, I think, I don't know. That seems weird. We just, we're going to take a break. We're just going to stop playing music live. We kind of want to focus on our families. And like we, you know, three of us had young daughters to raise. And so, you know, I think, I don't know if we said no or what, but I think the next year came around and they were like, do you want to do it now? And we were like, well, what do you think? And then we talked to everybody and we're like, okay, all right, let's do it. And then uh, I think it was like some hockey, something happened in Chicago and somebody wanted to use that date for something else. And so they literally paid us not to play it. And we were like, <laughs> great. And oh, then, but then the following year, but we rescheduled it for the following year. So it was like a year in advance. But then when other, I think when other promoters heard about it, and this could all be wrong. If you talk to Josh, it might be different. But I think the way it worked was other people found out, like behind the scenes, people found out that we were playing a show and said, hey, would you want to play this show too? And then suddenly enough people were asking about it. And we were like, well, shit maybe we should do something. And so it kind of was like, it snowballed after not, there was no plan to do a thing. And then suddenly it was like, oh wait, people want us to do a thing. Well, we've only been like not doing a thing for a, a brief minute here. Is that, does that feel right? I don't know. And I think I was one of the holdouts. I just thought that's just, that doesn't seem right. Uh, it's too soon to like, you know, do a thing like that. But uh, it, uh, you know, I'm one of five and, or four or five, and we sort of, you know, democracy, uh, I will vote for whatever the idea of the whole is uh, at all times. And so, yeah. And so it, I do love that it was a very organic sort of, mm. it just kind of fell into place. And then based on just even like the first couple of shows, we're like, holy shit, people are like digging this. Like I did, I don't know, not that I didn't expect people to come out, but I didn't expect it to them to come out in as like as many people as mm. did. And I don't know, maybe I'm just constantly underestimating everything yeah. that I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I guess, yeah, I guess it seems a little bit like that, but also, yeah, like distance makes the heart grow fonder, I guess. It's like it's like you announced, I think what you did there, that three-year gap was perfect because what happened, like my band ended in 2015 and mm -hmm. then we were going to do like a five-year anniversary thing, but hey, March 2020 happened. So if, uh, you, believe in, yeah. if you believe in God... If you believe in God, mm -hmm. this whole virus is because the blackout nearly got back together to do uh, um. five dates in the, only in the UK as well. We were going to do, <laughs> but the whole world had to suffer. But yeah, I yeah, I just think it's just too long now, and not enough people maybe give a shit anymore. Whereas I think yours was perfect. Like it's it's that amount that they had long enough to be like, fuck, they've gone. I'd fucking love it if they came back. And then when you did come back, they were like, fucking yes. Well, that just goes to show you that there is a lot of luck involved in everything that you do and we really got lucky that our tour landed where it did um and you know we have another one planned for the is it the beginning of next year yeah uh you know if all goes well we'll do it and if all doesn't then i'm assuming we won't uh, <laughs> we, yeah I've, I've got i've got down here that you're meant to be playing riot festival in september is that still going on at the moment yes Yes, so Ooh. far it is. I'm, you know, cautiously optimistic. I'm going to prepare for it in the event that it goes on. But, who, you know, I don't really know. Yeah. I feel like everybody's freaking out about Delta. And, uh, and so I don't know what, you know, I'm kind of just waiting 
I think. But also just trying to live at, while I wait, uh, which I think is the, you know, what a lot of people have been doing. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. But but speaking of that tour next year, I did want to bring that up because obviously it was supposed to be the 15th year anniversary of Commit This mm. to Memory in 2019. You, you did the, We were supposed to originally do the tour and that was going to be the 17th year anniversary. Um, I think a lot of people are quite excited the fact that you're going to be revisiting a lot of these songs, some you've never played live and everything like that. Um, I'm not sure if you have already, but is it been kind of weird to kind of look back to think of that album in particular, that time in your life and songs that you haven't been able to play in front of an audience for such a long time? No, I think I think it is of our albums. That one has probably been the one that we played the most. Like there are songs that we have never not played, at least on purpose uh, <laughs> from that record since. And I'd say that there are maybe four songs, four or five songs from that record that don't get played as much, but we have played every one of them. Most of the ones that we haven't are songs that I either can't sing. <laughs> like together we're ringing the new year is far. No, not uh, the other one. The new year um, res- resolution is fucking high. Um, <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck wrote that? <laughs> yeah. Who I the know, fuck could write like, this so high? <laughs> it's like, no matter where we are, I always put my voice too high. Like, my voice isn't supposed to be that high, but I can't help myself. I think maybe it's just that I sort of worshipped at the altar of Super Chunk for so long <laughs> that I just want to be up there uh, uh, among the clouds. But yeah, sorry. Uh, I don't remember what the original question just, just was. Me- just revisiting? Just memories from that kind of album cycle and that, that, original, uh, that original album and stuff. Well, being drunk and not drunk. That's, <laughs> so it's kind of cloudy. Okay. Um yeah i just i know that it was just a tumultuous time in my life trying to actively want to be sober for the first time like really give it a shot and it lasted for a while until it didn't uh but 2007 was like the real like giving it my all getting sober so 2004 2005 i mean shit i i was on a plane head like i was in the emergency room a couple weeks before uh, we were supposed to go to LA just cause I was too fucked up on both drugs and booze. And I remember Brett got like, I think Josh tells me this cause I don't fully remember, but Brett gets a call from some young woman claiming to be my girlfriend who was, but Brett didn't know who this person was said like, I was in the emergency room and I'm not doing good. And, and, and then like I don't know, or maybe he she called Josh. I forget, but somehow it was like, okay, Justin's gonna go to L.A. and Brett's gonna get him sober. And so that's basically what I did. I got on a plane, and, and I remember like consuming I don't know six, six I don't know double scotches. I don't know what it was, but something horrible just to get on the plane. And I remember showing up, and Brett was like, "You smell like shit." And I was like, "Oh hi," <laughs> you know. But I he basically I just like I stayed in his uh guest room like his kids one of his kids rooms um who was like off doing something and uh yeah i just like sweated out the alcohol in my system into the sheets and like just went to an aa meeting a day and like was just trying to figure out how to be sober so that you know half of that record was written under the influence and the other half was written under a different influence um and so it's this weird sort of uh not Polarizing isn't the right word, but it, there's a weird two sides of the same coinness yeah, yeah. Uh, going on with that. And I think 
the sad songs are sober songs and the fun songs are the drunk songs. Not that I want to associate funness with drunkness, but the sentiment is, it was all run through a post alcohol filter. Right. If that makes sense. Mm. Uh, yeah. So that, as far as that album goes, it's, it's weird. It's like, I'm very proud of it and I'm very not ashamed. I'm just sort of like, I'm proud of it, but I'm also a bit humbled by it due to how it got, how I got there yeah. and how I got through it and how it came to be. No, that's, that's totally understandable. But one thing I did want to ask about that record and well, my dinosaur life as well is that obviously those were produced by Mark Hoppus and we hear a lot from other artists of kind of what he's like as an inspiration or a songwriter or kind of collaborating, giving ideas and stuff. But really he hasn't produced that many music albums, singles, anything in general. So what was Mark Hoppus, the producer like to work with? I feel like he was very different on both of those records. The first one commit this to memory was, I believe it was the first thing he produced. So he was very, he wanted to do, I'm assuming here. I'm assuming he just, he wanted to do a really good job. He wanted like, he, I think he knew he could be judged by this, uh, whether rightly or wrongly. So he wanted to give it his all. And I think coming from the school of Jerry Finn, everything had to be precise and locked in. And that guy, I don't know if Mark has given enough credit for being the smartest person in any room that he goes in. Cause I think people think of him as like, funny, goofy, you know, dick and fart jokes or whatever. And maybe that's from, you know, the past Mark, but, but he is, I mean, he is incredibly quick, like um, improv genius and also really smart and has an incredible ear. So he would play through something and he'd be like the, you know, the 11th note you hit was off. Let's do it again. You know, like it was just slightly behind, like we'd just do it again, let's do it again, let's do it again. Like everything had to be perfect. And so he really put us through the ringer in terms of like getting everything precise. Um, but at the same time, he's always cracking jokes and he's really <laughs> funny. And, and he'd be open to weird things. Like I remember coming home from cafe 101 late one night and uh, I wanted to sort of, I don't know, it was like trying to show off or something. And I, Josh was recording the beginning of everything is all right. And so I went into the room I, I can't remember how it worked, but we did it live. So that intro is him playing guitar and me singing live over a pre-recorded drums. And that's why it sounds a little different. And I think there was like a, a, a microphone in the bathroom, like down the hall that they use. Like, it, like we got experimental in a way on that. That was really fun. So I think, well, okay. So that's one aspect of it, but also <laughs> what I think Mark does best in listening to the stuff that he's produced is that he doesn't get in the way of the band sounding like the band. And it, I think what he saw as his job was to bring out the things that make that band, that band to bring those things out. And he really did that for us. And he did have great suggestions. He suggested we let the songs breathe a little and not sing over every single moment of every song, which is, <laughs> I don't know if it's from listening to like, you know, rap music and hip hop as a kid, but I just was always wanting to put as many words as mm. I could into the songs. That, that was one thing I know he did. And then, but then fast forwarding to my dinosaur life, he was a lot more loose. Cause I think by then he sort of like allowed like cool sounding mistakes to occur and a little sloppiness, but we also recorded that whole album without drums. 
because Tony had a broken arm. So we, we wrote and recorded that without a drummer. I mean, he wrote his parts, but he couldn't play them, so a lot of them were programmed. Oh. Oh. And then he played last. <laughs> That's a weird way to... I was, I was thinking, yeah, how I did was you record them? I was like, yeah, how did you come in? Like, oh, all right, we'll come in now. Like, what? Uh, what? Just, like, just a click. A click all the way through. Like, yeah, that'd be mad. Yeah, well, sorry. we had... Like, Matt's pretty good at... Uh, and, and Josh would verify this, but Matt was pretty... Like, I, re- I remember we had one drum session. Like, he had to keep his arm in the air, and so he was, you know, like trying to write songs like i remember we wrote disappear that way so he had one arm in the air and then he was trying to do everything with one arm in it and um oh yeah and we actually did a song with um i feel terrible now because I, I just forgot his name john john fields john fields uh he did like the from disney jonas brothers is that what he oh, i don't know okay. he's some guy but he's i think he's from here or he spent some time in minneapolis but we were out in la and we were like "Ooh, let's work with him and he's like I don't want to do one song. I'll show you what I can do. I can do it in one day. And like, he worked really fast and was kind of annoying because we so fast, but what we did is we recorded Tony's drums in three parts. So we did the left hand and then we did the right hand with the left hand. What? And then they did like something else to, in order to get the drums to sound like a full set, which is a mind fuck. That's fucking and insane. I, and this, this may be incorrect. I don't remember, but that's how I remember it. And we did the song and we did it all. And we did one song in one day and we dug it, but it was, you know, we take a bit longer than I think he's used to. So it wasn't perfect. Um, but initially he, he didn't want to do a full record with us. He only wanted to do a couple songs and we wanted one producer to do the whole thing. So we ended up, you know, we went with Mark and, and by the time uh, it, we were recording it, you know, we finished all of our stuff and Tony wasn't even sure if he could play. And then his arm was fully mended. And I think we spent two days at, uh, was it East West? I, I don't know if that, I can't remember what the names of the things are because they changed. And I might be thinking the old studio versus name versus the new one. Um, but I think, was it it's like the, I'm going to fuck this all up. I think it was like the place where the Beach Boys did all this shit. Like, ah, I can't remember. But yeah, so the last thing we did were the drums. And I just think on that record, Mark was a little more chill. And like, I, I coming off of Even If It Kills Me, I was like, fuck, I was so focused on singing pretty that I forgot to scream or put any sort of like real like mm. feeling into it. So I think I overdid it on My Dinosaur Life. And I cannot emulate those screams live without blowing up my voice. So I have to kind of fake it live. But I, I really love some of those screams. Like, I, I can't do that. I, just, I literally can't do that anymore. And that, that's as screamy as I can get. Like, Worker Bee and Disappear, maybe. There's a couple of good ones on there. Nice. Anyway, I don't know. I'm yeah. rambling now. <laughs> no, so, no. So, so, it's, it's, it's lovely to hear that. And especially just kind of relationships with people's favorite artists. And yeah, it's, it's, it hasn't made, he hasn't made many records as a producer. So I think that's something to to really hone in on um but just in, just a, a few things that i've really wanted to um to ask you and, and i'm sure this is a bit of a silly question but um really throughout your lyrics sometimes you incorporate some pop culture references at the time and stuff like that so i was just wondering i'm sure over the years you've had many kind of memes or tweets of, or just kind of people coming up to you with jokes about them incorporating those lyrics to day-to-day life. For example, I'm sure you've had many people tweeting something about falling asleep watching Veronica Mars again. It's usually Veronica Mars related, then the, they'll just quote those lyrics at me. The, the weird, like, I'm not really embarrassed by anything I've done other than it's, it's so, like, the thing that's embarrassing is, like, 
referencing Transformers, the cartoon, as a child, but now if a younger person hears that, they might think I'm referencing the, you know, Jerry Bruckheimer or whatever the fuck, like Transformers movies and the Shia LaBeouf. And I don't, that's, and that's embarrassing to me. Um, but it, it is interesting that like uh, Twin Peaks has come back and like all these things that I was into have come back. But maybe that's just the way of, well, I don't want to get into that, but I feel like we're starting to recycle every idea because yeah. people seem to be out of ideas and or this is what sells. Uh, it's very focused on the capitalist mindset of like, let's keep doing the same damn thing over and over and over again. It's, it's a funny you should mention that Transformers ref- reference. Um, the new band I've started now, we have a song called I Still Function, which is Megatron. Um, yeah. before, before Megatron. Sc- before Starscream throws him out of the uh, th- throws him out of the plane, like so. I still function. So yeah, I've used that this year, Mike. This twenty twenty one, I brought up nineteen eighty sixes Transformers. So uh, oh my god, yeah. that, that was one of Orson Welles' last films, I think, if I'm correct. Uh, I didn't know who he was at the time, but I do. I still remember Dare to Be Stupid was like. It's so weird. There's like so many great things, and the fact that they swore in the movie. I remember. Open, damn it. Yeah, um, and uh, I got better things to do tonight than die. That, oh, what a line! What a line! Go bed. Oh my god, we should not okay, die. Can we have a Transformers the movie uh, like like viewing party? <laughs> oh, that would be so that's an good. episode. That's yes, an episode. Yeah. I'd fucking yeah. love that. I would love that'd be, that. That'd be great. Oh, oh. wow! Yeah, no, but I was. Yeah, I've just always, I've just always wondered if you know you do get a lot of like random tweets and stuff like that of people just kind of incorporating the lyrics to to, to today and stuff. Sometimes I, uh, I also don't really notice it as much. The thing I notice more is when I say like, this isn't a joke, and this isn't me being like. Um, well, I say this, but who knows what it is, but I often will. Okay. Let me just back up a second. There are things that I say in my real life that I will incorporate into songs. And then I can't say them in my daily life because then I sound like I'm quoting my own. Uh, lyrics. Okay. Yes. And that, because then the one example I really think of all the time is my friend Kitty and I used to get, you know, used, used to party back in the day and we would ultimately reach a point in the night where one of us would look at the other and say, I've reached the point of extinction. And then that would kind of say like, okay, I can consume no more. Yeah. And then I, t- I just like the phrase. And then I found a way to like use that in a song, but I can't use it now because now it sounds like I'm quoting myself. And mm. so that, that, that was like the future freaks me out was a thing I used to always say about anything new. It's like, what is this show? What is this thing? Like, ugh. You know, um, and so, yeah, that, that's, that's the stuff that's a little harder when I end up saying something and then somebody catches me and is like, eh, and I'm like, what? Um, okay. No, that's fair. Yeah, that's, that's really reasonable as well. And just a, another thing, especially um, back in the early days, I'm sure you had to put up with a lot of kind of, it seemed that loads of publications and there was a whole thing at the time that were really fixated on your image in particular, especially with the kind of sideburns, glasses, the messy hair and everything like that. And it kind of became its own imagery thing for you in the band. Did you feel like a weird kind of... It just like I don't know, like feeling with that at that time was it kind of weird to process that people were actually thinking about the, your image as well as as the music. I don't know. I don't know that I've ever thought about it. Um, I do know that 
I've thought about the question, like, how do you get your hair to do that? And I've been like, <laughs> is that like, what is like, yeah. I just throw product in it and then I put a, a hat on and then I go to sleep. <laughs> and then the next day I don't have to think about it for like a week. <laughs> so for me, the whole point of the thing was not having to think about it. And the fact that that's the thing that people gravitate toward to me, that's just really interesting. And, and, and so when, like, I literally had somebody ask me for advice on their look on Instagram. And I thought that was kind of silly, but I also know that that's like, to them, that's a real thing. Yeah. Um, and so I just said like, find something that you don't have to think about that is just inherently you. And the less you think about it, the more it will become a thing that people will probably notice uh and that's like really my only advice to for looks i mean like i i, I have really no style i have <laughs> i have a i've 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 assimilated uh you know 90s you know thurston moore whatever like said like just like no like that's the yeah, pavement like stephen malcolmus thurston moore like in my mind flaming lips like in the 90s t-shirt and pants that's it. That's not, a, that's not a style. It's a non-style. It's just nothing. And I could use some style. I mean, shit, I would love to look as good, as good as Paul F. Tompkins does in suits, but I, I don't think I can pull it off. Uh, or John Wick. I don't have the body shape for that. Uh, nor the talents. And if you think otherwise, Keanu Reeves is a fucking great actor. I want to hear any different. Oh, no, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I, yeah you're, not, you're not getting that from us. No, yeah. yeah you're not, I, love, I love a bit of, love a bit of Keanu. But um, yeah, no, this has been great, Justin. And just a couple of more quick awesome. things before you go, because oh, we, yeah. we've taken up a lot of your time. Um, obviously, now you're going to be very busy for the near future with all this solo material and hopefully tours a lot in 2022 but next year as well actually marks the 25th year of motion city soundtrack if i am correct oh shit so i mean yeah has there been any talks of maybe a way that you can celebrate that a bit more or some I, special I think you just reminded him more i think you just made <laughs> yeah. that honestly like i do not think about things i don't and what's the deal with like the five number why is that so yeah, important so so because I, st I still think like when we stumbled upon this idea of the 17th anniversary of that record <laughs> that gave me so much joy at like how absurd that is yeah. and it shouldn't be but it's just it's just silly the whole thing is silly yeah and so embracing the silliness of it, it's like, let's do this to, you know, um, is there anything you'd like to do for it? Is there anything like you'd be like, well, what, let's go mad and put out some random merch or some make a hot sauce or something. Maybe just meet up with Josh Kane, have some like cake and ice cream and say, Hey, I know you more than I know most. I've known you the most, more than, more than we've like, longer than we've known our wives and our, you know, like we've known each other since we were like fifteen, basically. So, yeah. holy shit! <laughs> yeah, time flies when you party naked. I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, or just uh, trousers and shorts as a callback to uh, five minutes ago. 
Brilliant. Man. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to drop yeah. that drop that bombshell. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got? What other bombshell? It's not hard to drop a bombshell on me because uh, okay. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. much. Uh, and guess um, what? It's your it's your anniversary today. <laughs> no, what? Yeah. Uh, oops. No. It's your wife's birthday. <laughs> what is it? What? That'd be awful. Is, yeah, there, but- is there anything else we can kind of expect from you now coming up? I mean, obviously, you've just been recording a, a new project. You told us at the beginning and these new solo EPs. But is there anything else like we could keep an eye out for or maybe be on the lookout? Ooh. I mean, I'm try- at this point, I'm just trying to do as many things as I can. Uh, I think, you know, I'm not sure if it's happening. I, I would love to do more of the writing with other bands. Like, I've, I just had so much fun on that last one. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I'm doing that I can talk about. Who um who else have you written for over the years? Is it? Uh, well, it's more like it's it's been more guest stuff or finessing things. Like I know Josh and I produced a couple tracks for a band called Metro Station um years ago. Oh wow! And, uh, Kelsey, that was a fucking great song. Like I loved that song. Yeah. I, at the time, I was a little bit of a dickhead, and I, I, I wanted it to be more guitar-heavy, but okay. the smart you know, people at the label were like, no, this is more of a keyboard pop act. And I was like, oh. Um, we had all these like guitars on it, and it sounds cool. And I, I recently found our version of the mixed song, and it was so much more like guitar-heavy. But like that was really fun to work with a band. Like, they you know, they had all of the stuff there and their singer was really good. Mason was a really mm. good singer. Um, they were a bunch of knuckleheads, but they, uh, <laughs> that was fun. And like, you know, I, I remember getting a call from Josh. He was working on, um, he was working on a record and they've got uh, this, this band has the song, but they have no idea for lyrics. And so I wrote all of the lyrics and the melodies to a, a full song and like a, hour or two and it was just so much more freeing to be able to do it for other people because you don't have as much pressure on yourself to be a thing that you are going to be represented by it's up to them to decide what they like or don't like of what you do and it's just kind of what you're hearing um but yeah that would be awesome to be able to do that but yeah right now i'm just i'm working on one project that i fucking hope happens Uh, it's more of a tv thing but Ooh. Uh, it's just all up in the air right now, but it's, it's gotten further along than I ever thought I would get with any, anything. So it's kind of mind blowing. Um, nice. but the other thing, I think, yeah, let's, I just, I hope, cause if it does happen, like it's, it's such a long shot, but the fact that it's so bonkers and it keeps kind of going through each stage of the thing. And I'm just like, this, there's no way anybody's going to make this, but it, I, I just really hope it happens. Uh, and if that happens, I might have to get a new, I might have to move. Um, but, uh, shoot, uh, there is a book that's coming out that I'm a part of that I wrote. It, there's, there's like a bunch of authors and they're all actual authors. And then there's me, uh, <laughs> it's called battle of the bands and it comes out in September, I believe. And, uh, what's really cool is it's kind of like a John Hughes, the Elmore Leonard kind of thing where it's, it all takes place in one high school and it's a young adult um, book. And it's about all of the people who are putting on the battle of the bands at this high school, the bands, the kids who go to the shows, the kids who work the shows, the people at school. But my story was about these kids that go into the auditorium, like the, um, the oh no, I guess I, I, I had to change it to a gymnasium because they're all connected. So all the stories and the characters kind of interlap, overlap and interweave. And um, my kids all go to the, 
basketball court and then take LSD. And I don't know if that's like a young adult, but they seem to think it was okay. Uh, and so it's basically none of them get to the actual Russian ruin. But there's a bunch of stories and they're all interconnected. And it's, I don't know, it was really fun. And I, mm. I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'm probably the worst uh, written, like in terms of the literary writing uh, of the other, you know, of the total people involved. But it was a lot of fun to be able to, tell some stories from my past disguised as other characters for now but like i have no idea what what teenagers are into so i don't know how much of this is going to actually resonate it's going to sound like an old man trying to write modern dialogue and it's obviously not uh true but uh i'm very excited for that because that that came about via twitter um somebody just said hey would you want to work on a thing and that i just hit me at the right time and i was like oh. yes that's <laughs> yeah let's see and then i just started talking and uh yeah so that's i feel like that's you know it's it's hard to do and most of the time i say no to most things but every once in a while if it's just if it makes sense it doesn't hurt to reach out to someone you know long shot wise and just say hey would this interest you do you want to be a part of this well, Justin, this is being an absolute treat. Thank you so much for giving us all your yeah. time and everything. Um, yeah, I've loved every second of it, and best of luck with everything going forward now. Thank you. This has been fun for me, too. Uh, so if you ever were bored, or if ever <laughs> anybody cancels, or if you have a specific thing, you want to watch Transformers the movie, or yeah. whatever, uh, hit me up. Yeah, definitely. We're, we're, yeah, we do yeah, Transformers. It, <laughs> and, and yeah, when when you eventually get to come over here again, we'd love to do one in the flesh. That'll be yes, good, that would that would be a good Ooh, time. Yeah. So um, we will stay six <laughs> six feet apart, of course. Okay. Yeah, I think you only have to stay five and a half feet apart for for me because I'm short. But um, <laughs> I think that's how that works. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. But yeah, that, but thank you so much, man. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Yes! yes! Woo! Oh, we, we went exactly the same time then with a yes. We went, yeah! <laughs> uh, yes, lovely. Absolutely fantastic human being. And um, yeah, I'm just glad to hear he's doing well mm. and he's thriving at the moment. I'm just glad he's better than ever. Because yeah, it gets deep. It got deep, didn't it? Mm. And um, I kind of, I just, it was, it was just so good. It was just such a good chat. Uh, I'm kind of lost. For- <laughs> but that's the thing. We obviously could have talked for ages. And also, you know, we touched, as you heard, on so many different subjects. And it's really nice. And well, especially for me, just getting to get the insights into a mind, into a creative mind like that, like Justin and all our guests, and just be able to talk about things we don't normally hear artists like these yeah. really get to say um but yeah honest to god motion city soundtrack and justin solo work has been material that i've listened to for years i absolutely love his songwriting i'm really excited for all this new music now so go and check out those two brand new solo eps if you haven't already and motion city soundtrack will be touring in the u.s at the start of 2022 uh, celebrating the 17th year anniversary of Commit to this memory. Um, hopefully they'll bring that to the UK because I would absolutely love something like that if we can go back to shows. Oh, yes, that'd be good. And then hopefully we can have a chat after it as yeah. well. Yeah, watch Transformers. Or, 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 yeah, we'll probably do it. Yeah, what are you interested? Well, i got a soundtrack. No, what? we're putting Transformers on. No, no, I've got a... Su- 
Transformers. <laughs> Come on. They're robots in disguise. Yeah. <laughs> They're more than meets the eye, though, Justin. Um, yeah. Oh, go and check out... If you go um, on Spotify and check out his solo stuff, uh, mm-hmm. check out the picture he's got. It's absolutely <laughs> amazing. He looks incredible. I love it. Um, but, yeah, thanks again to Justin um, and Motion City Soundtrack for the music and for... Um, everything so far yes yes i'm really excited to see what happens next and that new secret project he's been recording about as well hopefully we'll have uh, more news for you on that at some point but just a quick reminder if you have enjoyed this episode then head over to our social media pages at sapnin pod at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. That's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. So joining on the conversation, give us your feedback. Just send us a message. We'd like hearing from you after these very nice conversations. And I would like to give a shout out to our Patreon page. I know we normally do that anyway, but I'd like to say a special thank sure, you. Don't we? Because without patreon.com forward slash sapnin, um, in general, this podcast wouldn't be a thing. But this episode wouldn't have happened because during the week a little bit of insight into my oh, personal life my laptop that i've used for the whole two and a half years we've done this and editing and everything decided to die crash wouldn't even open any programs conk out like literally fall on its ass yeah and in the <coughs> middle of editing this as well so i was like blind in the panic in the what? middle of editing this and I had to go out and uh, buy a brand new laptop that actually works. And remarkably, things are faster. So in a way, it might have been a good thing, but it has cost me a lot of money and I won't be able to afford life for the next couple of months. But thank you to our oh, Patreon. Course, by the looks of things. <laughs> I'm in the vest. Got no sleeves. The I have to sell things. my sleeves yeah. for the podcast. Um, but yeah, without the Patreon, this, this episode definitely wouldn't have happened. Um, and just the podcast in general so we love you very very much and we just want to give a shout out for thank you to everyone who supports us at patreon.com forward slash sapning and anybody who listens but while we're speaking of those lovely bastards in our community whoa 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 whoa, whoa. i'd like to say something please oh, morgan okay morgan said to me right <laughs> this when editing right this is bit that normally takes like an hour 40 minutes to an hour to do it took two minutes on his new man, <laughs> and he couldn't believe it. He was like an old man <laughs> seeing technology for the first time. It was unbelievable. His happiness is in, it was incredible. So, yeah, thank you very much. We definitely wouldn't have been able um, to live or survive. So, thank you very much. Yeah, check out our Patreon. That's enough of that. But, yeah, we got some special people to thank. If you go to the description of this episode, Morgan has already written out the names of loads of our patrons that we uh, love and want to thank but these are the uh, top tiers of the patron who we have to thank even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, we love you guys very, very much. Thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwaway, Mikey McDonald, McDonald's McMuffin Buns. Mike, get that changed. Thank you very much. Janelle Caston, Mitch Perry, Emma Barber, Kelly Young, Dilly Grimwood, Nathan Croshaw, Scooby Drew Styles, Paul Hirschfield, Liam Connolly, Kelly Owen, Kat Beston, Sammy G, Amadine Barno, Shannon Meyer, Boxer Anderson, Tony Michael, Full Stop, Captain Annabel, Amy Campion, Murray Grimwood, Jenny Robinson, Johnny Phillips, Mike Oxmall, <clears throat> every week. Giant ball bag, no. <laughs> Thank you very much. Tom Owen, Caitlin Richards, Caroline Robinson, Kate Stevenson, Danny Eaton, Jenny Munster, Lucy Diaz, Emily Senegals, John and Emma, Martina McManus, Becky Andy, Louis Cook, Jason Oredia, Marcy Jacobson, Sharif Awadali, Carl Pendlebury, Kelly Cannon, Livy Cropper, Kevin Clark, James McNaught, Stuart McNaught, Lydia Henderson, Craig now lives in Zimbabwe, Harris. Does he? I don't think he does. Okay. Well, if you do, congratulations. If you don't... We've missed well, something there, uh, if he has. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you very much, Chris Howard, Ollie Amesbury. Josh, by the time this episode has been released, I'm now 30 years old. This is the end, isn't it, Chris? Yes. Um, that was me saying yes. He doesn't say yes on his name. Um, thank you very much, Alice Wood, Adam King of the Goss Parcel, Mark Jones, Amy Chilvers, Reese Bo- Bowring... Jacob Turner, Katrina Robinson, Connor Lewins, and Craig Gervin. Thank you so, so much to those people and anybody else who's ever been part of our Patreon. If you're thinking about doing it, do it, please. If you want us to stop talking about the Patreon, that's right. <laughs> Join the Patreon. Thank you. <laughs> please, please do it all helps and we love everyone in our wonderful and community. And there's, there's going to be photos of how we addressed yes. recording this right now on there for Friday. Yes, so, yes, there uh, is. And there might even it, be... It's technically, te- it's technically that we're... we're we're turning this into some sort of OnlyFans. It's, <laughs> hey, do you want to see pictures of how we look? I'm only saying it because we look fucking stupid. It's not because we look we look super cool or good naked, because we're not. No, that's true, that's true. And there even might be some um, bonus conversation with Justin of us rambling after Woo-hoo. the conversation as well, if you want to check that out. But before we wrap this up, um, did want to remind people... Um, thus, Sean, I remind you probably that oh, you me. have some gigs and DJ sets happening in 2021. What's going on? Yes. Yes, apparently my band Raiders are playing in Liverpool on July the 30th at um, Shipping Forecast and a DJ at Jimmy's. Either way round. Check out at Deadbolt Club on the socials to find out. And then August 7th... Um, I am DJing and the band is playing 
at Night People in Manchester. So check that out. And yeah, if you just go to at Raiders UK on any social, that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, not TikTok, because I'm not making a TikTok. So imagine Bob on TikTok. If you, <laughs> it's, just a, it's just an angry man not knowing how to edit stuff. Anyway, so yeah, at Raiders UK, check out. We're playing Gloucester at some point. Bridgewater as well. I'm sorry I don't have the dates at hand, but yes, at Raiders UK everywhere. Check out Raiders UK on music listening streaming websites. Please. Does it please does it feel weird to say that you're actually doing gigs and DJ sets again? Does it does it I'm absolutely terrified, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well you can nervously be playing songs like ah! Yeah, try not to breathe in. <laughs> But I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go into a room and just, <sighs> yeah, I'm going to run from outside and go, everything is too shit, fuck yeah, right, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. <coughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, should be a laugh anyway, innit? Whatever. We'll soon, we'll soon see. Is there anything else you'd uh, like to tell people? People can follow me on my social media pages at mhrichards underscore on Twitter and Instagram nah, if you want to nah. for some reason, see what I'm nah, up to. don't. No, don't do that. It's just very moody modelling photos and stuff about the podcast oh, is, mainly. Yeah. yeah, so that's it. And the odd nude slips through on his Instagram story. <gasps> where he's looking at it. Oh, you said you didn't <gasps> see that. that. Oh, uh, fuck's sake! Well, I hardly saw it. I had to zoom right in to see it. <laughs> if I'm honest with you. Anyway, let's go. I'm fucking boiling. Okay, love you all. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next Friday. Sapnin. I hope you enjoyed. 2021 summer, because that was it. <laughs> yeah. Something! Summer Crusher. You're listening to Sabnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. <laughs>